Good morning. On this Saturday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We're going to continue our thinking and our thoughts, our meditation, our devotional time concerning God as our provider. As we saw in the stories in the book of 2 Kings and 1 Kings, that when famines came, it was a move that people had to make in their lives. There was a repositioning, a shifting in themselves. We can use a lot of words for the word uh, for the word famine. When a famine came, there was a lack of something. Or we can uh, say there was a trial or there was a testing. And we can even use the word crisis in the people's lives. And if we use the word crisis, most people understand it just a little bit more than they would understand the word famine. In all these things, we're going to see how God moves us and repositions us from one thing to another. There are several principles in the entire Word of God that one can glean from. Uh, you can actually take the entire Bible and you can find these principles in the Scripture. So we want to look at some of these. And uh, probably almost two years ago, we actually covered some of these kind of uh, in a fast-paced uh, way. We were just starting with the Nuggets. And we didn't really know what direction we were going to be going or what was going to be taking place uh, because of the shutdown. But I'd like to be able to expound on some of these a little bit more to give us a further understanding and a grasp of when our life is going through a crisis or a testing or a trial or a famine. Uh, we're having some type of a difficulty, some type of a problem. Whatever word you want to use to define it, I'm just simply going to use the word crisis. So, in his teachings, uh, Paul Trelin uh, had actually written an entire book that was called The Making of a Christian. And in it, he outlines a simple outline, which I'm going to just share with you. I'm not going to have time today probably to go into detail with these, but we're just going to outline it. In life, crisis has a purpose. It has a purpose in our life, especially for those of us that are called of God, called according to His purpose, saved and washed by the blood of Jesus, and being prepared to be the bride of Christ. There is a divine purpose in all of this. If we were grinding the rust off a piece of metal, we would think, wow, that's being a little harsh, a little rough. Uh, with it, but you would go through different levels until you finally uh, went from the rough to the smooth and you brought out the shine in that little piece of metal or the same thing with a diamond uh, or any type of gem. It goes through a process uh, of, of being cut, being split, uh, being shaped and being sanded and being finally polished and coming out and proved to be and tested for that which is going to be its final use. So crisis in us, it produces a hunger. The problem with hunger is that there is both a natural hunger and there is a spiritual hunger. Many times people cannot distinguish between one 
or the other. A natural hunger, and I'm not talking about our stomach and eating food. There is a hunger in us. There is a longing in us. We're hungry for something. We just cannot identify it. And sometimes we substitute food for it. Sometimes people substitute alcohol or liquor. Others substitute drugs. Others substitute all fashion and form of lust and evil and wickedness to try to satisfy that hunger. But it's not a natural hunger. It's actually a spiritual hunger. Our stomach actually lets us know when we're hungry. It also lets us know when we're full. Uh, it sends messages to the brain and says, hey, stop eating, you know, you're done, you're full. But in the realm of the Spirit, most people, unless they are acquainted with the Word of God, have no idea that many times a crisis that comes in our lives is so that it can reposition us to be closer to God. You say, what do you mean closer to God? Yes, if it wasn't for us seeking Him, if it wasn't for us longing for Him, if it wasn't for us wanting to have an answer and a solution to the difficulty or problem that we're having or the crisis that we're going through, we would stay in the same old place where we're at or even wind up regressing without even realizing this. So crisis helps us to reposition our entire life in prayer, in fasting, in studying the Word of God, in seeking God. It causes us to want to draw closer in wanting to find an answer to the crisis. And as we seek God for the answer, notice I didn't see, say seek a solution to the answer, but as we seek God for the answer, then there comes a time where that seeking, that searching, is going to bring us to a place where we actually experience from God a breakthrough. We actually get revelation knowledge that comes directly from God and the Holy Spirit, where sometimes people call it intuition, sometimes people call it, I know that I know that I know. Uh, others can call it by other words. It, all of a sudden, the light just uh, kicked on, the light bulb turned on. Uh, all of a sudden, it was made real to me. There's so many ways that people can describe it. But all it really is, is that that crisis produced a hunger in us. And we wanted to have an answer to the crisis, to the problem, to the difficulty in our lives. And in doing so, we got hungry. We got spiritually hungry. And like I said, many people mistaken this for a natural hunger, wanting to satisfy a longing in their lives, thinking it's natural, but it's actually supernatural. It's not of this world. And in doing so, they begin a process of searching. Notice the word that I'm using. They begin a process of searching. Whether it's systematic, whether it's analytical, whether it's chronological, they, they seek a way to find the answer to their problem. 
whether they go back to their past, whether they try to look for solutions in their present, or whether they begin to estimate maybe I can reposition myself so that in the future I can have and avert the problem and the crisis that I have now. But the true answer is going to be in seeking God and looking for Him to renew in us a concept that we are only temporal in this life. We don't live here on earth forever. There will come a day when this body will perish, this body will dissolve. And everything that we have worked for, everything that we have fought for, everything that we have believed for in the physical body will come to an end. It doesn't matter if it's loved ones. It doesn't matter if it's possessions, a house, a car. It doesn't matter if it's friendships, acquaintances. It doesn't matter if it's a job. It doesn't matter if it's money. It all comes to an end. And the scripture actually defines this in a very special way. It illuminates our understanding and mind by saying the grass that grows in the field, it's beautiful. Also, all of a sudden it has flowers uh, one day, the next day it has grain, and then the next day it's cut and it's uh, put into the oven to be baked. And that's the end of the story there. I mean, it's, that, that's it. It, it, it only existed for a short period of time and it was over with. But there's one scripture that says, And the wind bloweth on it, or the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, and it withereth away. Everything in this life is temporal. Every possession is temporal. Every piece of food that we eat is temporal. There is nothing on this planet that is eternal. The only thing that is eternal is God himself and his word. So if we're going to have something that's going to last forever, it has got to be above and beyond just simply of what we are accustomed to looking at. So what we're going to be studying is in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live. And multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee this, for, led thee this forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee. The word there to prove thee is the word that we're going to uh, use along with crisis. It means to tempt you or to tempt, not excuse me, to tempt you, to test you. Uh, in other words, to put you in a position where you have got to make a, a choice. You've got to make a decision. Uh, and it says, To prove thee, to know what is in thine heart, that thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. Now, we're going to read the entire chapter as we do our study. But today, I just want to introduce those two verses. And let's go back to crisis. Crisis is going to cause you to be hungry for the spiritual. And as you're hungry for the spiritual, you're going to begin to search. And as you begin to search, fasting and prayer, studying the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, obeying the Word of God, doing the Word of God, as you be, all of a sudden, there is a revelation that breaks forth from the Word of God, 
whether it's God himself through the Holy Spirit speaking to your understanding or bearing witness with your spirit or you reading the word of God and it just jump out of the pages and just literally speak to you. I mean, it, 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 it's so powerful, it's so vivid that we can literally say it became so real to me. Well, this is the next thing that happens. Crisis produces hunger. Hunger produces you to search. Your search is going to lead you into a revelation knowledge of the Word of God. And that revelation that is produced in you is going to bring a realization. It's going to be so real that you're going to want to do something about it. And that wanting to do something about it is basically, it causes you in that realization to want to enter into his service. It prepares you to serve God. And in wanting to serve God, then the next thing that needs to be produced out of our service is we need to be obedient. And that obedience is going to bring us to full surrender. Notice the process. The crisis brings hunger. The hunger causes us to search. The search brings the revelation of the Word of God. That revelation begins to be a realization, something so real in us that it wants us to do something. We want to be involved in doing something. It prepares us for His service, but His service demands full obedience. But in having full obedience, it is required that we have full surrender. And that is what happened here to the people of Israel. It says, even though this is the Old Testament, all the commandments which I command thee this day, you shall observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. They're not going to be able to walk in the commandments uh, simply because of the flesh, but in wanting to obey and fulfill them, there has got to come a place of surrender. And when you read uh, chapter 8 of the book of Deuteronomy, you find that they did not want to fully surrender to God. That means they were not willing to be fully obedient. Then that means they weren't willing to keep his commandments. Therefore, crisis after crisis after crisis was going to come to prove to see what was in their heart whether it was for food, whether it was for meat, whether it was for water that they needed while they were out there, those 40 years in the wilderness, they were constantly proved and tested by God to see what they would do, how they would respond to the crisis. Many of them just simply murmured, they complained, they even rebelled. But there is a process that God wants to take us through. Join us on Sunday as we continue to explore these things and take what we have learned right now and apply it to the entire book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and see how this works out. But until then, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer cometh soon and He will restore all things. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.